Welcome to This Week in California Education, brought to you by EdSource Radio. I'm Lewis Friedberg. And I'm John Fensterwald. This week, we are going to focus on math, one of the most difficult academic challenges facing California schools and students. We'll also speak about the early results from the Gates Foundation's big investment in what it calls networks for school improvement. Well, this month, a report out from the Public Policy Institute of California by Paul Warren and Julian LaFortune looks at how students in California are doing in reading and math. They're looking at the impact of a lot of the reforms that many of you listening are familiar with, uh, Common Core Standards, Local Control Funding Formula. And what they came up with is that students are doing much better in reading. California seems to be making quite a bit of progress there. But in math, the picture is a lot different. We do see quite a bit of progress at the third grade level. But then afterwards, the gains don't seem to be sustained. In fact, the achievement gaps between low-income and higher-income students appear to be actually widening in California because those at the top are doing better than those at the bottom. To address that issue, for the last five years, 10 California districts have been working together on an initiative called Math in Common. The S.D. Bechtel Jr. Foundation funded the $50 million project, and the research and education consulting organization WestEd recently completed a five-year evaluation of the project. Well, it was a usually ambitious project, John, and you wrote about the results, so far at least, and they were both sobering and encouraging. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Yes, the district's average test scores were only slightly better than the statewide average, and some districts initially struggled really to figure out which directions they wanted to take. But then they found progress is really slow in this area, and that's one of the lessons to learn. But they also learned some other important strategies and lessons that other districts can benefit from. So today we'll speak with two educators involved in math in common. One is Laura Schwalm, chief of staff of the California Education Partners, a nonprofit that guided the district collaborations. But first, we'll talk with Vicki Armstrong. She's the chief academic officer in Dinuba Unified School District. That's the smallest of the 10 districts who participated in the Math in Common project. It has about 6,000 students. It's in Tulare County. That's roughly between Bakersfield and Fresno. More of a third of its students are English learners. Thanks for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you, John. So, Vicki, your district received about $500,000 a year or $2.5 million over five years from the Math in Common project. How did you choose to spend the money? We really invested in professional learning and coaching with that money. So, in our district, we did not have math coaches prior to the grant. We hired our first math coach with that money, and we also used our county office for a lot of expert support. So we had two consultants from the county, which were essential to our efforts. They really helped us get going. And because of that, we now have increased our math coaching staff to three math coaches. We've seen the benefit of it. So uh, what impact did that have? Did, did this actually result in students doing better, which is the bottom line, right? We want, uh, we want to improve math performance, not only in Dinuba, mm-hmm. but throughout the state. Yeah, we understand that our teachers need support with content, understanding the content. They may be lacking math content. Most elementary teachers don't go into teaching because of a 
you know, a deep understanding of mathematics, they tend to have more of a comfort and confidence in in ELA. And ELA is English language arts. Yeah, and they also may not know the pedagogical approach to take. So by having the coaches, we have someone that can work alongside them in their classrooms, in small group, providing training. And that's a big support because really we're in the habit change business. We're trying to change habits of how math has been taught over years that really hasn't borne the fruit we would like over decades in our country. And you really need someone to work alongside and coach someone to do that. Talking with Vicki Armstrong, who's the chief academic officer in Dinuba Unified in Tulare County. Just a quick question. I mean, where did you find these coaches? I imagine there's not that many people out there who can actually do this. Yes, we looked for teachers who we had seen in the classroom who had a deep understanding of mathematics and were already early leaders with our efforts with Common Core Math. And those are the teachers that we recruited then to be coaches within our district. We also looked for people who had credibility with our teachers and strong relationships with our teachers. So our teachers would trust them when they step out of the classroom role and start supporting them as coaches. So these teachers continued working in the classroom or they became full-time coaches working with other teachers? They became full-time coaches working with other teachers. So how did this then fit into Math in Common and the multi-district networks that you have? How did the whole thing come together for you? The multi-district network for us was just a a huge accelerant for our progress. In a rural district, you often aren't on the front lines of what's going on in education in bigger cities. So it gave us access to people like Wested for technical assistance to other districts that had maybe been on the journey longer or had more resources with it. And when we would attend our regular convenings, which were held three times a year, we would learn from each other. And so that was great for us. We were able to take ideas and apply them to our work in Dinuba, to our context. It might not look the same as Garden Grove Unified or San Francisco Unified, but we would take something that we would talk about and discuss at those convenings and apply it to our work here. I could see how this kind of networking with other districts could be usually helpful, particularly for more rural districts like yours. Yeah, absolutely. That chance to be with nine other districts that are all working toward the same goal was really helpful in developing systems for us that work in Dinuba to support our teachers and will sustain even you know past the life of the grant. Sounds impressive and exciting. We've been talking with Vicki Armstrong, the Chief Academic Officer from Dinuba Unified in Tulare County. Really appreciate your thoughts and look forward to staying in touch with you to see how this all plays itself out because this is a challenge that not only you but the entire state is dealing with. Oh, thank you so much. We're now fortunate to have on the line Laura Schwamm, who many of you will remember was the longtime superintendent of Garden Grove Unified in Orange County. That is one of the more academically successful districts in the state, serving a low-income student population. Laura is now senior partner with California Education Partners in San Francisco. It specializes in organizing and guiding district collaborations like Math and Common. Laura, School and district networks aren't new, but they've become the strategy of choice in California under local control. How come? What's different now? Networking is not something new, but there's a difference between what we would call parallel play, where we're just sharing things, and actually attacking a challenge together 
as a group of school systems. Certainly in the work we're doing at Ed Partners, that's the approach we're using. And just to put this in a context, I mean, there's so many different challenges schools are facing. Math seems to be a particularly challenging one. Is that the case? I mean, would you put math, instruction, and performance at the top of the list or near the top of the list? There are many, many challenges, obviously. But in in terms of instructional improvement and improving outcomes for students, mathematics has been persistently stubborn uh, in terms of improving those results. So I read the evaluation and, and wrote about it, and it said that progress is really hard. You know, it's, it's really difficult work that you're doing. So tell me a little bit about the decisions that districts made along the way that helped to speed up their progress and how it made a difference. First thing uh, districts did was to slow down a bit and really develop a deeper understanding of what these standards expect and then taking a real look at the structures in their system, where they were stronger, where they were weaker, and looking for leverage points as they began this work. First off, teachers that are not math majors and for whom math is not a strength, it's very often, especially for our K-6 teachers, to not have been math majors, there's several things that have to be done. First off, helping them develop the mathematical concepts necessary to teach these higher standards. And then secondly, building and developing the teaching strategies necessary to effectively help students develop their ability to achieve the standards. And then finally, there's the whole area of tools to help teachers do this. The evaluation talks about sort of strategies that the districts came to conclude work really well, such as principal involvement and the like. Tell us, what can other districts learn from your work that they can apply themselves? I would say begin by really laying a foundation for the work you're going to do by understanding the importance of a real careful analysis of where you are now so that you can then develop an approach that will address the reasons you're not getting the results you want, followed by developing a strategy with a comprehensive plan to attack and improve towards the results you want, which means you have to be able to define what results you're really after. It seems that one of the points that was stressed was that a lot of this has to take place at the school level, and it can't be sort of district-imposed. It really was teachers working with teachers within a school, observing and helping each other. I think that is true. I think it's a combination of both. It's neither just one nor the other. It cannot simply just be top-down from the district where every teacher is brought into a room, trained, and then sent back out to deliver. But the structure needs to be set and the environment set within the district to support those practices among teachers and to assist and provide expertise where that expertise is needed at a school if they don't have it internally. Talking with Laura Schwamm, who many of you 
will remember as the superintendent of Garden Grove Unified. She's now a senior partner with California Education Partners. Last question. The Common Core math standards were supposed to be a great innovation and to really help sort of jumpstart math instruction. Are, are you still, do you think this was still a good way to go? I'm, <laughs> I'm a big believer that kids need math skills to be successful in whatever careers and post-secondary education they're going to do. So I think that like with all things, rather than giving up on something, we need to look at what's working, look at what's strong, look at what isn't working, understand why, and be persistent. I don't have an opinion on whether or not these standards are exactly right. In my experience, nothing's perfect. So I'm sure these aren't either, but I don't think that throwing them out and saying they didn't work at this point is appropriate either. I think we are seeing examples of where districts are slowly but surely making progress, helping their students achieve these standards that are at a higher level. And I think we need to learn the lessons from the places that are doing that and continue to modify as appropriate. But I don't think we need to lower our standards thinking that our kids can't reach them. I do believe both our kids and our teachers can do this, but it's not going to be done quickly. That was Laura Schwamm, who is working with California Education Partners on the Math in Common project. And interestingly, the California Education Partners has gotten a big grant from the Gates Foundation to continue these networks. Yeah, that's right. It's one of four grantees from California. And not surprisingly, there's some common elements between the work of Math in Common and the Gates Initiative, both of which stress having districts work together and having schools within schools, these networks of teachers working together, because that's become the focus nationally and particularly in California under local control and under the Common Core, is this sense of collaboration and what they call continuous improvement, getting people to look at data and work on it and define what it is their objective is and then continually refine it. It's not a quick process, Lewis, as we know. Yeah, the major focus of the Gates Initiative is on low-income students, African-American and Latino students who have been marginalized in many districts and are not performing up to their full potential. And interestingly, this week, the Gates Foundation put out its first report on its Network for School Improvement Initiative. There was a meeting at the University of Maryland. Rosie Oda, our reporter, did attend that meeting, and you can read a report on our website but really, it's too soon to say how all of this is going to play itself out. The project is only one year old. And in many cases, the projects they funded haven't been going for a year. But early indications are encouraging. It's interesting, too, to see what the California grantees of the Gates Foundation will be doing with the money. There's core districts in Sacramento, which we've talked about. They're looking at ninth graders to see what kind of indicators you want to track to make sure that they're on, will be ready for college and High Tech High Graduate School of Education in San Diego that's affiliated with the High Tech High Charter High Schools is looking at senior year and how they can best prepare, again, underserved minority students to enroll in colleges. So they're looking at the application process, looking to see whether, in fact, they enroll and show up the first day, and also this sort of creating the sense of belonging in college, which is so important, particularly for first-generation college students. 
Coincidentally, John, the two issues that we talked about this week on this podcast were actually underwritten by the two foundations that underwrite the podcast. The reason we're doing it isn't because they are funding us, but because they are both newsworthy projects in their own right. But foundations' grants only go for several years, and it was interesting that Vicki Armstrong from Dinuba said that the district had chosen to continue to fund the math coaches on its own. And that's the dilemma that many of the grantees from both Gates as well as Bechtel will find. How do we sustain the progress we've made? How do we come up with the resources to fund it? Because after all, the state of California doesn't provide much money for that. They leave it up to districts to decide where they're going to spend their money. I should just mention that in the PPIC report on achievement in California public schools, one of the things they do say is that we need to be putting more money into math. The state needs to be putting more money into math because that really is a challenge for the whole state. And that wraps it up for this week in California education. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Our music is from Nate Schwartz Jazz Orchestra. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Lewis Friedberg. And I'm John Fensterwald. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs>